Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is a real aha moment. It stems back to like when I was sort of saying, you know, reading, looking at the rich list. And really going, well, you know, where is money being generated? What are most successful people doing, you know, and how are they generating this? This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset, and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shump, and in this episode, we're chatting with young property investor and digital nomad Reese Drake. Who purchased his first investment property at the age of 18 and has since accumulated five properties in his portfolio. Learn how he switched partying for investing and how you can emulate his strategy for generating wealth and success. Also, before we delve into this episode, go over to propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to receive your free property investor case studies where you'll learn how to generate passive income from your properties. Go there now to sign up for free. Name's Reese Drake. I, um, I'm currently fully immersed into network marketing while still building my property portfolio on the side. Um, I'm 27 years old, living on the Gold Coast, actually homeless at the moment since the, from the constant travels, bit of a digital nomad these days, but absolutely, absolutely loving everything that property can do as a, you know, as a wealth creation vehicle. So what does Drake do in any given day? Well, today, for example, I just, as I've gotten on the phone to you, I just got off another Zoom meeting um, and we've got this, mostly meetings, 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 a lot of meetings. Um, tomorrow flying to Perth um, for more meetings over there, about three, four days worth of meetings and then three days to relax around Rottnest Island and Fremantle and stuff. And that's probably really my, my day, consistent training, researching and yeah, inspiring, inspiring the team, coaching the team and meeting new people. Throughout his education in Queensland, Drake aspired to become a builder. I was born in Bellingen actually, so New South Wales, near Coffs Harbour, and came up to the Gold Coast uh, when I was about seven years old. And I've, I've lived on the Gold Coast from the Southern Paradise Primary, um, Upper Kurima State College, High School, um, which has a bit of a bad name these days. But it was a great school when we went there, and high school was really easy and quite fun for me, to be honest. Um, I had a, good, had a good bunch of mates, sport was always at the top, but I was um I was lucky enough to be quite intellectual as well. I I think I took out four of my six four of my six subjects in, in grade eleven and something similar in grade twelve. So I was given a scholarship um to go study whatever I really wanted to study. And at that time I was, you know, I property was my thing. You know, I didn't want to go become a doctor, I didn't want to go, you know, be a physio or a lawyer or any of that. I just wanted to become a builder. 
because I, you know, I used to read a lot of the um, rich list mags and it was either mining, property or technology. It was always the sort of wealth creation vehicle that um, a lot of these guys used. Now, I knew for me, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't into mining. I wasn't really into technology, but property, I could, I could see property was, you know, it was, it was there. It was feasible. You could touch it. It was, it was simple. Uh, and I really just sort of threw myself in the whole property game. So that led me to get my builder's license. We'll get my, you know, certificate to get my builder's license. And I walked into becoming a carpenter. So I was a carpenter for a couple of years. Um, while sort of training to become a builder and throughout those sort of few years up until you know age of 18 i bought my first property second at 19 third at 21 and i've just been building a property portfolio since the influence to become a property investor derived from resources like australian property investor magazine my mum was a single mum growing up you know definitely wasn't investing in property my dad you know he bought he, he bought his first property probably like two three years before i bought mine um, so he, he wasn't like, he wasn't pushing me, um, to really get involved. He did get involved a little bit and it sort of, you know, he helped me sort of come along on the journey with him, learn a bit more because I was, you know, at the age of 15, you know, at the age of 16, I probably had a stack of 20 to 30 property investor mags. You know, I think I was featured in, I was featured in one actually, I forget which one it was a couple of years ago. API. That's, that's right. Australian ago, Property Investor Magazine. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Um, so I was just always immersed in it. I just always loved reading, you know, reading and learning. Like, you know, I'd go to the news agency and I wouldn't get, you know, a car magazine or this magazine. It would be a property or an entrepreneur magazine. Um, I was just very fascinated by by money. I loved money. I wanted to make a lot of money. Um, so I just, I, yeah, that was just my hobby was to learn how to make money, I suppose. With five properties in his current portfolio, Drake purchased his first property at the age of 18. I suppose how I purchased it, you know, I was always, I was always, you know, for shit from the age of 13, 14, working with my dad, saving up money, you know, spending very frugal with my money. You know, I remember I would, you know, I never really went without, but like if I didn't, if I could either eat at home, you know, rather than going eating out, and I'd do that, you know, save the 30 bucks. So I was always very frugal, got enough of deposit, you know, I was investing in shares as well um, with my father when I was about 15, 16, 17. So just with the combined savings, um, you know, a bit of a gift from my, well, my dad gave me like seven grand or something like that. Um, and, the, you know, the rest of the 40 grand was money I sort of worked up and saved. It was enough for me to, you know, pay my $15,000 deposit, so my 15% deposit um, to buy my first property in Surface Paradise. Um, and, yeah, that's how I got into my got into my first one. And the first one was exciting, which led to the second, which led to the third. Um, not, you know... Not all the best decisions, um, looking back now, you know, including one in a mining town, which wasn't, you know, which wasn't very good. But after that, I sort of went out and got myself a coach, um, in the, in the space of property, which sort of led me onto, you know, a few more good decisions, which I suppose recouped the losses that I probably, you know, incurred from the first couple. The second property brought on less successful investing moments where he purchased out of convenience. The second property I bought was in a, just a little rural town in New South Wales. Um, there was just no, like, no economic drivers in there. You know, there was no infrastructure. Um, you know, there was no, no tourism, no nothing. There was nothing really driving its growth. Um, the only reason we sort of got it was it was on the way to one of our farms. And it was just, it was just convenient, right? And I think a lot of people, when they get started in their property investing, 
um, you know, career, they they get properties that are just convenient for them, or they may be in their backyard because they feel they may need to, you know, be able to walk to the property and check it out. Whereas that's rarely the best investment for you. You know, you want to ride the market cycles, you want to ride the growth, you want to look at the infrastructure coming in. You know, what are they doing in the area? What's driving the price growth? What's bringing the tenants in? Whereas for me, it was none of that. I was uneducated. It was really just the fact that it was easy. Um, so that was the second and the third. You know, I just really just got thrown into that, you know, the money, the, you know, people just trying to get as much money as they can out of the money pot and just selling anything they can. And that happened to be in a mining town in Mackay as the boom was sort of going on. Um, and yeah, I suppose I was just uneducated and, was just excited and obviously the finance could go through and I suppose when you're making the decision, right, you don't really know it's the lowest of the low, you're excited because you're buying another property, especially when you're buying your third at 21, it's it very exciting. But looking back, you know, now as a 27-year-old and looking back at the value of that property and my repayments on that property and the rental, you know, that I'm getting from it, um, you know, it's not it's not the best. So there was, there was never really like, I do a lot of mindset coaching as well. So, you know, I'm conscious of the thoughts that go through my head because, you know, the thoughts are going to deter my feelings. So I don't really dwell on it so much. Um, I'm more so I'm grateful for the experience that it did, you know, force me to go out and get a mentor because it wasn't working. What I was doing wasn't working, um, which led me to go get a mentor, which led me to, you know, better decisions, um, which allows me to be where I am now. Drake's aha moment came from the knowledge that property investing was the method to use in order to create wealth as a young investor. I think that most of the, uh, most of the aha moments are going to come from, you know, you, you finding success in deals, you having a good deal that goes through and you may make that, you know, 100 grand, um, you know, in those 12 months or whatever it is. And that's always, you know, a great aha moment. But... I think the real aha moment stems back to like when I was sort of saying, you know, reading, looking at the rich list and really going, well, you know, where is money being generated? What are most of the successful people doing, you know, and how are they generating this? And like I said, it was through mining property or technology. And I just picked one of the three that I thought that was going to be best suited to me. Like property, I could, I could just see it for what it was. Like, you know, you get in there for, you know, a 20% deposit. You buy something at 400, it goes up by, you know, 7% a year or whatever it may be. And cool, you know, over 10 years, the property, you know, 10, 15 years, the property may double. And, you know, as you go through that, you're not paying all the rent, you know, you're not paying the repayments because the tenants are paying the mortgage. I just, I just saw what, for what it was and what property could do. Um, and it was really, it was like, well, what else am I going to do? I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to put my money into something. If I want to put my money in something, I want it to make me money. And I just saw that property was the best way, you know, 7% growth on, you know, on a leverage of 400,000. I think the best thing is if you just look at 7% growth, but you're, you're getting 7% growth on something that's worth 400 rather than possibly just getting, you know, 3% from your bank at 40,000. I speak to a lot of people these days. They're like, oh, you know, I've got my money in the bank. I'm like, well, cool. That's 50 grand. Not only, yeah, you're making, like, you got 50 grand in the bank. Cool. You're making 3% interest. You're also getting tax on that. I'm like, why don't we use that $50,000 to go buy a, you know, 400 or, you know, 400, 300, whatever. Or even in these cases, when you got good LVRs, you go buy a $500,000 property that even goes up 5% per year. You bought a $500,000 property that's now going up $25,000 a year. You know, both cost you $50,000, but one $50,000 is only making you 3%, which you're getting taxed on, where the other $50,000 is actually making you seven percent on five hundred thousand 
or 5% on 500,000, you're making 25. It's like, what would you prefer to do? Coming up after the break, we'll delve into the mentors and the resources Drake used to condition his mindset for property investing. And these books are going to, you know, they're going to talk about, they're going to, they're going to talk about property and investing and, you know, structuring and, you know, contracts and negotiation and all that kind of stuff. His strategy for attaining wealth. Yeah, I still love property, um, but I still believe there's, you know, there's, there's other, you know, income streams out there. There's other opportunities out there. You know, you, you don't want to put your eggs in, all, you know, in one basket. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey, podcast listeners. If you're finding this podcast super informative, then guess what? I'm giving you an exclusive free case study from property investors like this one just for listening. These case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific strategies and numbers of their portfolio. Simply text me your email address to 0499881040 to get your free case studies. Now back to the show. So, was there anything holding Drake back from investing into property initially? Looking back to when I bought my first property, my mindset was just like, why would I want to pay someone else's repayments? You know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna live like you know, for me living on the Gold Coast, I wanted to live in service paradise. I was 18. I want to have fun. You know, I wanted to have that halfway house where everyone could come and they could party and we could pre-drink and you know do the things 18 year olds do. Yeah. I'm like, if I'm going to be there, why? And if I've got the money to go purchase one, it's like, why would I want to? You know, why would I want to pay someone else's mortgage when I can just, you know, have your own pay my own mortgage? Yeah. Right. So that that was my sort of psychology around around the first one, and uh, yeah, like I, I looking back, like sure, you know, buying Surface Paradise ten years ago, or you know, I'm twenty seven to nine years ago, eight years ago, you know, whatever it was. Yeah, ten years, you know, yeah, whatever. Um, you, I was, yeah, I suppose I was more excited, like if I was to look at, like imagine if I bought, you know, my first, second, and third property in Sydney or Melbourne. Right, it looked completely different these days. You know, my my property portfolio would probably be twice as large um, in the growth. So, you know, you know, would I go buy in Sydney, Melbourne right now? Probably not, right? Because they have had their growth. But um, I don't know. I think I think the psychology around it was one. You know, the psychology comes from how am I going to make money? And we already spoke about that. I'm going to make money through property. Um, how am I going to, you know, like do I? But is Surface Paradise the best investment choice? As a you know, as an eighteen-year-old, um, right now in these current market conditions, knowing you know, looking at Sydney's you know, you know, growth rate or Melbourne's growth rate, like, did I look at all that? No. Did I know about all that? No. Did I have a coach? No. I was just excited to go live in Service Paradise and have my first house. Seeking mentors to condition his mindset wasn't difficult, as he connected with the successful people in his own network. I'm just a really good networker in general. So, you know, and you can, it's so easy. Like if you're, if you've got the audacity to get out there and go put yourself in front of the people that are successful, most successful people are going to be open to teaching, you know, some motivated young person on what to do and how to do it, right? Like you, the the more you get to surround yourself with successful people, successful people don't pull other people down and successful people are usually quite generous with their time and open to helping another person get to where they want to be. Right. 
So, um, you know, like anyone can go out like, you know, I just knew people. I knew of other people. I knew people that were doing well um, in my networks. And yeah, just sort of reaching out to them and being like, well, guys, you know, what are you doing? This is what I'm doing. You know, what do you think I should be doing differently? And, you know, would you be open to, you know, allowing me to sort of pick your brain or give me some sort of hot, you know, hotspots or some websites or some books to read, right? So it's like, you know, you can you can go out there and just, you know, network with people and make it happen. Other resources which Drake used to hone his mindset included books by Eckhart Tolle and also Tony Robbins. Like, yeah, learn those books. Um, but now for me, um, you know, I'm, I'm a bit more into, you know, into just developing myself and developing my coaching abilities. So, like, I've got The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, Laws of Leadership by John C. Maxwell, Made the Big Leap, Tony Robbins, um, you know, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, GoPro, um, which is a network marketing book. Another great one that I think everyone should read, um, you know, looking to build wealth is Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, you know, that's the sort of, you know, fundamental one. From all these resources, he's gleaned a handful of powerful advice to share with us. Get yourself out there and network with people. You know, look at someone like, don't ever, this is a great one, don't ever, don't ever take advice from someone you wouldn't swap places with. Because um, I know in the world we live in, especially in Australia, you know, tall poppy syndrome runs rancid, right? Someone's having success, someone's always going to try to pull them down. But and that's just, you know, that's just the sort of world world we live in. Um, so, you know, one, don't take advice from anyone you would swap places with. You know, sort out information. Like if you want to, if you, if you want what, if you want to do, you know, some, you like, if you want something, you need to, if you want to become someone, you need to change a few things. You know what I mean? Like if you want to get out there and you want to become someone of posture and of structure and of, you know, like success, then you need to just change up a few things. You can't, you know, if you're not there now, you need to look at your own situation, look at it from like a, you know, external view and go, well, what am I doing right now? What am I spending my time and energy focusing on? And if I'm not where I want to be, what do I need to change in my mindset or who do I change my, you know, friends network or my social or the, or the, do I need to turn off the TV and put on an audio book of one of those books, this weird dude Reese mentioned on the podcast and just allow myself to, you know, maybe think a little bit differently because, you know, if all these, and Google it, like Google, you know, top books to read from entrepreneurs and you'll find like if there's a running, if there's a running sequence or, or a running, like everyone's doing this, like if you go to, you know, Richard Branson, what's his thing? It's like learning, reading this, Tony Robbins, learning, reading, like all these people are constantly immersing themselves in personal development and getting coached. Um, there's a, there's, you know, success leaves clues. Success leaves, leaves clues. A personal habit which has contributed to his success is living his life in accordance with his values. I'm huge on habits. Um, you know, values, habits, like I would encourage everyone to do a values test. Like Google it. Right? Long, long story short, there'll be like, you know, 100 descriptive words on a piece of paper. It might be like, you know, money, success, freedom, um, you know, fine dining or whatever, you know, then you might have other things like contribution, love, relationship, um, family, right? And what you're sort of doing there is that you're circling all these things that stand out to you. And what you'll find is you, you end up with like, you know, sort of three or four, maybe five main things, right? So my values for me, um, you know, is coaching, right? Is coaching, is learning, is freedom. 
Um, and yeah, coaching, learning, freedom, success, and fitness, right? Fitness, beauty, same sort of thing, success, freedom, coaching, and learning, right? So they're my values. So I know for me to be happy throughout the day and for me to have a filled up cup and for me to be able to go out there and inspire and coach and, you know, lead from example with, with people that I coach and, and the happiness that I have in myself and what I'm doing, I need to be congruent in my values and living in my values. So if I'm waking up in the morning and I'm not, and I'm not, you know, I'm watching TV and I'm, I don't know, not doing something. If I'm not learning or if I'm not exercising, I'm not training, I'm not stretching, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be happy and I'm not going to be able to go out through my day the way I want to. In terms of his strategy for property investing, Drake believes in not placing all his eggs in one basket. I still love property, um, but I still believe there's, you know, there's there's other you know income streams out there. There's other opportunities out there. You know, you, you don't want to put your eggs in all, you know in one basket. It's the same as you don't want to you know you don't want to buy all your properties um, you know in the same area. You don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. I believe it's sort of similar in the sense that I don't want to have all my money, all my you know capital, all my wealth tied up in you know only property. So you know, I'm still coaching people on on property and how they can you know go out there and create wealth in property because it is a very stable um foundation but right right now right now for me you know i am yeah i'm looking I'm, yeah i'm saying that i am looking at buying a property off the plan somewhere um in the coming in the coming months but i'm also just diversifying you know still looking at shares still looking at online currencies still doing my network marketing stuff still building that yeah i believe everyone should you should you know you should have a diverse range of, of income producing assets um and wealth creation assets so, if he met himself from 10 years ago, what would he say? I probably would have said going out and get a coach, you know, get a, get a coach from an earlier age, um, you know, like surround, yeah, but then again, like, man, I had a great 18, 19, like, I partied, I traveled, I had so much fun, um, but I was still always very, you know, conscious of where I was spending my money and what I was doing and how I was going to become successful, but I just think it, it, it's crucial for everyone to have some guidance, right, and Usually, this is the scary thing, is usually our guidance is going to come from our family and our parents, right? And if, and if, and if, if your parents aren't necessarily where you want to be, like if you look at them and, you know, they've got one house, they've got two houses or whatever, and they're, you know, 40, 50 years old, if, if that's not someone you strive to, if, if their situation isn't something you'd love in your own life, then there's probably a good chance that, you know, you need to go out there and outsource a different type of, mentor um so yeah i don't know i just i just believe you know having a coach having support immersing yourself in learnings becoming the best version of yourself that's what's most important now he's excited about continuing his journey and working his way further into the property game through larger scale deals or developments i'm excited to get into some like bigger deals um you know, I've sort of walked into some money recently with some other stuff that i'm doing so i'm, I'm looking like i'm looking to cool, you know, take that money and go, you know, go reinvest in some bigger deals, do some developments, you know, bring some strategic partners on board, get some money partners, um, you know, same thing, do what I do best, get out there and network and go find the deals. So, like, as much as I've got all this other stuff going on, I'm still really excited for property and just that I get to step into that next sort of stratosphere of investing, um, you know, and just, and just, you know, rather than just writing the, you know, 7% growth or whatever, it's like, cool, let's go out there and let's, you know, let's make a 20% profit or something like that and get in and get out. So, 
yeah, just yeah, just I suppose levels, right? Everything in this life is levels. Every there's levels to every game we play. This is just another level, you know. But you can't get to the top of the staircase unless you take the first step, right? So you need to, you know, you you really need to just get in and go for it and do it and just immerse yourself in it. But as you take that first step and you take that second step, eventually you're going to be able to get to the, you know, to halfway up the staircase and still, you know, still keep looking. If you want to connect with Drake and find out more from him about his property strategy to create wealth, you can do so via Facebook. I run a Facebook group called Property Young Gun. Um, so, you know, that's a community of sort of young people in there. I think there's about 500 odd members in there. You know, there's a few coaches in there giving tips. There's a few girls doing some regional stuff, doing renos, doing apartments. You know, I'm doing my stuff, a few coaches. Um, so you can jump in there or just chuck me up on Facebook. Um, Reese Drake, I think it's, you'll come up with Reese Drake, R H Y S. I'm Drake, D-R-A-K-E, co-founder of Living Life on Our Terms. And yeah, flick us a note. I'm, I'm always pumped to chat with young, motivated people. And if you listen to this podcast, there's a good chance, you know, you're not thinking the same as 95% of the population are thinking. And um, yeah, they're the, they're the 5% of people that I love to network with. Thank you to Reese Drake, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. Also, if you haven't subscribed to receive your free property case studies that I only send exclusively via email, you can text me your email address to 0499881040 to subscribe. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, the strategies and much more. Simply text me your email address to 0499881040 to get your free case studies. Thanks for listening.